So turn with me please to Judges chapter 16 and verse 22. Howbeit the hair of Samson's head began to grow again after he was shaven. Then the lords of the Philistines gathered them together for to offer a great sacrifice unto Dagon their god, and to rejoice, for they said, Our god hath delivered Samson our enemy into our hand. And when the people saw him, they praised their god, for they said, Our god hath delivered into our hands our enemy and the destroyer of our country which slew many of us. And it came to pass, when their hearts were merry, that they said, Call for Samson, that he may make us sport. And they called for Samson out of the prison house, and he made them sport, and they set him between the pillars. And Samson said unto the lad that held him by the hand, that held him by the hand, Suffer me that I may feel the pillars whereupon the house standeth, that I may lean upon them. Now the house was full of men and women, and all the lords of the Philistines were there. And there were upon the roof about three thousand men and women that beheld while Samson made sport. And Samson called unto the Lord and said, O Lord God, remember me. I pray thee, and strengthen me, I pray thee, only this once, O God, that I may be at once avenged of the Philistines for my two eyes. And Samson took hold of the two middle pillars upon which the house stood, and on which it was borne up, of the one with his right hand, and of the other with his left and Samson said, Let me die with the Philistines. And he bowed himself with all his might, and the house fell upon the lords and upon all the people that were therein. So the dead which he slew at his death were more than they which he slew in his life. Then his brethren and all the house of his father came down and took him and brought him up and buried him between Zorah and Eshtaol, in the burying place of Manoah his father. And he judged Israel twenty years. Amen. May the Lord bless to us this reading from his word. The success of Delilah in obtaining the secret of Samson's strength quickly led to this great champion of Israel being captured and imprisoned. Samson succumbed to Delilah's temptations. And like the fruit of the tree in the Garden of Eden, Delilah had been pleasant to the eyes. And perhaps Delilah was the last thing that Samson saw before the Philistines took his sight. 
Samson was not slain, as we learned last week, but he was placed in prison and he was made to grind corn like an animal. Not because the Philistines needed someone to grind corn, but in order to humiliate their prisoner and in order to mock the children of Israel who must know of the awful distress into which Samson had been brought. And also this was a way of the Philistines honouring their own gods. And what we discover in our reading today is that the desire that the Philistines had to distress Samson and to shame Israel and by implication to mock the God of Israel led the five lords of the Philistines. So I think I mentioned before that these lords, we talk about the five lords of the Philistines, these were the lords of the major cities that the Philistines dwelt in, in the stretch of land that they had along the Mediterranean coast. So these five lords are those that are meant uh, when we speak about the, uh, the, the five lords of the Philistines. And they got together and they decided that they would host a large sacrifice, a large feast of sacrifice for the nation's leaders and for their citizens to thank their god Dagon for delivering Samson into their hands. Interestingly enough, no mention is made of Delilah's involvement in this matter, uh, her deceit uh, and betrayal of Samson, nor indeed the bribes that were paid uh, by the Philistine lords uh, in order to secure uh, the, the, the arrest of, of Samson. They attributed their success to their idol god and in doing so they directly insulted the true God. But what we learn is that during the celebrations the people grew merry and no doubt that would be something to do with the wine that they consumed. This was a great wine producing area and uh, it had long been famous for its vineyards. You'll remember indeed that Samson, part of his troubling of the land was that he had sent those little foxes with their tails tied and the flames uh, into the vineyards of the Philistines. And so uh, these were people who knew how to uh, grow their wine and no doubt to indulge in the, the, the wine and the alcohol that they produced. During the celebrations, someone thought that it would be a good idea to call for Samson from the prison so that they might make fun of him in his blind, helpless state. And he was duly brought uh, from the prison house to the temple and he was led by a boy. And there in the temple of Dagon he was taunted and he was mocked. No doubt the people would spit upon him and strike him. Uh, perhaps things were thrown at him 
and uh, they would hit him and of course he wouldn't know uh, that anything was about to hit him. And here we see that this is a, another way in which Samson was a type of the Lord Jesus because the Lord Jesus was also brought captive into the midst of his foes. He was mocked, he was spit upon, he was struck. Perhaps you'll remember in Luke chapter 22 and verse 64, we read there that when they had blindfolded him, they struck him on the face and they asked him saying, prophesy, who is it that smote thee? So here was Samson blinded and being mocked and no doubt struck by his enemies. And that's a picture of the Lord Jesus Christ again, who was blindfolded and assaulted by his enemies. And after some time of this happening, Samson, uh, no doubt wearied and, and uh, in, in, in many ways uh, the, the uh, uh, focus of, of all the attention, uh, asked to be led uh, by this boy to the main pillars of the temple. Perhaps he had been in this temple before. It seems not to have been the first time that he had been in Gaza. Remember, it was the gates of Gaza that he had taken away. So perhaps he had seen this temple of Dagon in the past and he knew uh, something of its construction and he knew that it was borne up by these central pillars. Uh, or perhaps he had just been uh, inspired by the Holy Spirit to ask for this location to be sought. But he was brought to these load-bearing pillars that supported an open flat roof upon which many, many people were gathered to watch the spectacle that was happening underneath. We are told that there were 3,000 people, men and women, on the roof of this building. So there would be many more probably in the building itself. And I don't want to start uh, guessing, but if there were 3,000 on the top, presumably there were as many again uh, underneath. And that certainly soon builds up to a large number. And there upon the pillars of this building, Samson leaned and prayed to God this prayer. He said, O Lord God, remember me, I pray thee, and strengthen me, I pray thee, only this once. O God, that I may be at once avenged of the Philistines of my two eyes. It's a lovely prayer in, in many ways. It was short, it was direct, it was to the point. The man laid before the Lord the concerns of his heart and the request uh, of his desire. And I think that we might say several things about this prayer. We might note, for example, that Samson asked to be remembered of God, remembered in his role as a judge in Israel, and remembered 
by God for the many blessings God had given him in the past and which no doubt Samson remembered now and had cause to remember in recent uh, weeks and, and months in his degraded state. He asked to be remembered and he asked to be strengthened. He asked to be strengthened one more time. Acknowledging that his strength wasn't in his hair but came from the Lord. So he asked the Lord for strength. Knowing that it was God's gift to give or indeed to withhold. And he asked to be avenged, to be avenged of his eyes, yes, but also vengeance for the affront to Israel and to the dishonour that had come to God. That was what the taking of his eyes represented. They could have killed Samson and be done with him and be rid of him, but holding him as a trophy was a mockery of the people and it was a mockery of God to have him there in their temple and make fun of him. Samson knew that vengeance was an attribute that God reserved for himself. God had told Moses back in Deuteronomy chapter 32, he said, to me belongeth vengeance and recompense. So Samson was right to ask the Lord to avenge him and to allow him to avenge the people of Israel. To me belongeth vengeance and recompense. Their foot shall slide in due time, for the day of their calamity is at hand, and the things that shall come upon them make haste. Samson believed this. He believed the words that the Lord had spoken to Moses. So he prayed this prayer. And we can say this too about Samson's prayer. It was a prayer of faith. The Lord heard it and gave Samson what he requested. And the great man's strength returned. And Samson leaned upon the pillars. He placed his right hand on one and his left hand on the other. And he uttered a final request to the Lord. Let me die with the Philistines. He bowed himself with might and he pushed the pillars apart. And we read, the house fell upon the Lord's and upon all the people that were therein. So the dead which he slew at his death were more than they which he slew in his life. Let me mention just a couple of lessons that we can take, a few lessons that we can take from this history. The first one is this. Samson held the office of judge in Israel. And this was a role in which he was a defender and a deliverer and an avenger of God's people in God's name. So that this act of mass slaughter that Samson perpetrated this day was retribution for the crimes committed by the Philistines upon the Lord's people. 
And in this, we have seen Samson was a type of the Lord Jesus Christ. Let us never imagine that the crimes that are enacted against the Lord's little ones will go unpunished. Not a word spoken against the Lord's church goes unnoticed. Not an act goes unseen. However, vengeance is not ours to dispense. The church should never take revenge. The Lord's people should never take revenge on their enemies because the Lord tells the church, he tells his people, Dearly beloved, avenge not yourselves, but rather give place unto wrath, for it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, saith the Lord. So that's one lesson that we have, that when we deal with the world, when we deal with men and women, when we deal with people who have perhaps harmed us and hurt us, we take that to the Lord. But we do not look for opportunities to harm them in return. We don't look for revenge because we know and we believe that the Lord will avenge his people. Vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. Second thing I want to point to today is, is this. Samson was also like the Lord Jesus Christ in his death. Just as Samson stretched out his hands to take the weight of the pillars, one in his right hand and the other in his left. The Lord Jesus stretched out his hands on the cross. Just as Samson willingly died in his office as judge, the Lord Jesus Christ freely laid down his life for his people, that he might destroy his enemies and theirs. However, here is a difference as well. Samson slew his enemies by his death, but the Lord Jesus Christ died that his enemies might have life. As always, we find the greatest value and usefulness in these Old Testament passages, in seeing beyond the immediate narrative, beyond the immediate history or story, and looking for glimpses of the Saviour. Let us always be on the lookout for the Lord Jesus Christ being typified in these Old Testament accounts. And whenever we read scripture, let us be looking for the Lord. That's the principal purpose of the word of God, to reveal the Lord Jesus Christ to his people. In death, Samson destroyed the temple of Dagon and Dagon's worshippers with it. By his death, the Lord Jesus Christ entered the strong man's house, bound him and spoiled the whole empire of sin and Satan. And he rose victorious from the dead to show his triumph over death and over the grave. 
In the very last verse of uh, this chapter, we read that Samson's family came and recovered Samson's body and took it to be buried in his own land beside his father. We learn that the Philistines were not totally overthrown at this time and we shall hear of them again. But the work of deliverance was begun by Samson and the Philistines were not opposed to his body being removed. Maybe they were not altogether aware of what had transpired that day. After all, everybody that was involved in that incident was now dead. One final comment that I want to make. Samson was a Nazarite by birth. It was a vow of dedication taken to God. And the Lord Jesus Christ also had this name given to him as one who was raised in the town of Nazareth. And the Lord Jesus Christ was all his life, from his birth to his death, set apart and dedicated to the salvation and deliverance of his people. He was to be their redeemer from the judgment of sin. Samson was a flawed man, but he was a type of Christ and he was a mighty man of faith in Israel. In contrast, our Lord Jesus is the perfect man and the mighty God. Samson lived and died to deliver his people. The Lord Jesus Christ lived and died and lives again and shall reign forever and ever with his people. May God give us faith, like the faith of Samson, to trust in Christ and in his saving work upon the cross. Amen.